0: Welcome to another episode of Reviews and Done, your number one spot for R&B and hip hop interviews. What's going on, world? Once again, it's your boy Derek Dunn, back with the second episode for Throwback Reviews. Now today, I'm gonna take a look back at Mr. Albie Shore, Mr. One Long Eyebrow. Mr. Vicious Songwriter's third album that a lot of folks don't give enough credit to, and that's the Sexy Versus album that dropped back in 1992 when I was 11 years old, showing my age here. My guest today is gonna be my ace boom coom, my man, Jarrell Mason from beyond the album cover. So welcome to the line, music historian, new edition fan, all-around gifted brother, my man Jarrell Mason. How you doing today, sir?
1: I'm doing good. I appreciate you having me. Actually, this is a rarity for me. I'm used to asking the questions, so this is actually pretty fun. And you got me beat because I was seven when the Sexy Versus album dropped.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. You know, I don't even remember (laughs) the Sexy Versus album from when I was a kid. Like, I don't remember any type of play on the radio, Truth be told, man, up until I became, you know, a music fan as an adult, I really thought, you know, Albie only had that one album back in 88. Like, You know, I don't remember the uh, private times, the whole nine. You know, I kind of wrote them off as a one hit wonder, you know, when I was younger. But, you know, when I moved out at my mom's house and really started getting into music a bit deeper, that's when I discovered like, yo, Albie had like, you know, two other albums. This was before Honey, I'm Home. So this is like back in 04, 05. So shout out to Albie Shore, man, for four quality albums. Dope production. Um, yeah, you know, Albie don't really get enough credit. I think people kind of wrote him off as a one-hit wonder. and He had more hits than, you know, Night and Day. Even going into the first album with, you know, My Shit Was Naturally Mine, uh, Off On Your Own Girl, If I'm Not Your Lover. So let's get right into it. So... Drill, what do you recall about I'll Be Sure growing up and his music, and how did it impact
1: your life? Man, what I recall about I'll Be Sure is hearing Night and Day, or pretty much every cut off of In Effect Mode, played heavily on the radio, on Video Soul, Soul Train, and I pretty much glossed over the Private Times album. I believe that dropped in 89, but the Sexy Versus album right now was constantly getting heavy airplay along with Natalie, and it was an overall... Great album for Al B. By this time, his singing career was still on a high, but him along with Mr. Kyle West Break It Down, known for their production, worked with Tevin Campbell, Jodeci, the list goes on and on, all the great acts that they produced during that time period.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that uh, looking back, you know, we're going to get on all that. I just think with Sexy Verses," it's a good album. But it was maybe just the timing, because you know, '92 was such a strong year for R&B, especially with, um, you know, you had Bobby Brown's third album, you had a uh, Portrait's debut, Shy was doing it, Silk was still, you know, making noise, and I think he just kind of got lost in the shuffle. And you know, he you knows as well as I do that you really can't take a huge gap. You know, no more than, say, like, a year, year and a half. Maybe two, depending on how expansive your career was back in the day. Like, I always talk about Ralph Tresvant taking that four-year gap between his first album and the second album. And, you know, if you don't sell, like, I'd say four or five million back in the day, you couldn't take a four-year gap because the competition – And the market was so flooded with R&B, actually, you had to be able to compete. And for Al Be Sure to take that long break between the second album and the third album, I think that's kind of what, you know, threw his career off a little bit. Because this is a quality album. You know, you folks are going to hear some dope slow jams, you know, some up-tempo hop flavor joints, a little bit of New Jack Swing. So Drell and I are just going to, you know, listen to this album as grown men, you know, and not... An 11-year-old boy in Catholic school and a seven-year-old. So let's get right into it. Up first is, right now, the lead single from the album. track of Albie Shore's Sexy Versus album, Dope Slow Jam, with some killer production by my man Kyle West. Um, Definitely one of those tracks, if I was of age, back in 92, that I would add as a Slow Jam staple, you know, when I was out there doing my thing with the ladies. What you think, Jarrell?
1: I'm thinking that this is definitely a strong lead-off track for your album, and like you said, it's definitely one to play on your slow jam mixtape, but you can really tell by the production that Cal West did on the track that this was probably recorded and done right around the time when they were working on Tevin Campbell's album, which came out a year prior, because if you listen to the melody of the song, it's very similar to Alone With You.
0: No doubt. Up next is You and I.
2: Check this out. Yeah.
0: Two, you and I. It's on you, player.
1: All right. The way that the layers of harmonies were laid out on this track, very beautiful, very lush. And this is where I'll be sure made his bread and butter. And that was Slow Jams, although he had killer up tempos like Night and Day, Rescue Me Off on Your Own. But you were sure to get a young lady at the end of the night if you had this track playing and a very strong killer album cut.
0: Yeah, I'm a co-sign, uh, good production, nice vocals. Um, I like and I'll be short kind of to um, a Keith Sweat in the sense that they may not be the strongest singers, but they know how to make their voice work for them. All right, so we're two for two. Up next is track number three, Playing Games.
2: Love you, there's no question. But one thing I know if it don't fit, don't force it. Play tricks on your nerves. Yeah. Uh-huh. Here we go. I try and
0: playing games, co-produced and co-written with Devonte Swing from Jodeci. Uh, this one right here has a Jodeci feel. Um, I'm almost curious to know, is this maybe a leftover Jodeci track from their debut? Because it has Jodeci written all over it. A decent track, like my man Jarrell said, it's definitely a slow jam heavy album. I think that's the vibe that Mr. Albatore is going for another solid track what you think player
1: man one of my favorite album cuts and you know with Devontae being from Jodeci and me being from North Carolina as well so as Jodeci definitely gives me extra brownie points but pay attention to the melody and the chorus of that record it kind of sounds sort of like go back and listen to you got me the roots and Erykah Badu Listen to the chorus of that and the chorus of this and kind of see some similarities with that, with the melodic flows that Albie gives in the record. All right, up
0: next is Natalie, another single from the album.
2: I know she's gonna be surprised. (laughs) Oh, what are you doing here? Honey, close the door. It's cold. Mm, I dismissed you, honey, and I come to watch you take a bath. <laughs> come in. Yeah. You wanna join me? I thought you were going to L.A. I had to see that birth rock again. I love you so much. Mm, this feels good. Hey, let me wash your back. Mm, <laughs> Albie. <laughs> I'm glad you came back to play.
1: part in the intro of the record would be foreshadowing what he's doing now with radio with his own dedicated radio show but it definitely brings back the era of having that talking part over a record and i believe this was the second single off of the album definitely a big plus in your slow jam collection and it's like a good point guard in basketball where they set you up nicely for the alley-oop for a slam dunk later in the night if you catch my drift.
0: Oh, yeah. Now, this joint, um, a bit of trivia, folks. He actually wrote this song about Halle Berry's character from the highly underrated New Jack Swing movie, Strictly Business. So, Dope Slow Jam, Owl's um, 4 for 4. You mentioned the um, interlude, and I think for me, I don't mind interludes, but I would sometimes get irritated when it would like take forever to get to the song. I like to kind of have them separate. So if he'd have the interlude with the young lady in there before the song, instead of like right at the song, I'd probably give it a higher rating, but still a dope song. I was killing him with this album. Up next, Ooh For You Girl. Yeah. Oh.
2: I was never gonna get here, but you know I'm we get it.
0: New Jack classic New Jack Swing vibe. Uh, later in the song, we get guest verses from Grand Pooba and Chub Rock. So definitely check this one out on all streaming platforms to get the full song and some dope verses from Grand Pooba and Chub Rock. I'm a New Jack Swing fan, so it doesn't sound dated to me, but I could see how most modern audiences would probably, you know, think this joint sounds a little bit dated. Just the productions, but, you know, another quality song. Uh, so far, no filler. Jarrell, what you think, brother?
1: Um, I thought, once again, it was a strong album cut. And with the way that the album is flowing right now, it kind of has the feel of Forever My Lady by Jodeci, where you start off with your ballads, and then you go in with your up records. They took portions of Rescue Me, incorporated in that. But I think what really set this song off for me was the guest verses from Grant. Graham- From Brand Nubian, and then Chub Rock to finish it off at the end.
0: All right, up next, kicking ahead.
2: But Linda don't play that
1: on you all right for me i thought kicking head was decent to me what saves the song is rakim because as we know rakim known for his smooth flow and also he was a part of one of the first rap r&b collaborations with jody wiley and friends back in 87 so they have i'll be in the R. what better combination than that
0: yeah this joint uh rakim does save the song it comes across to me as a bit of filler um you know no shade but just you know it's it's a it's a filler song and that's the that's the honest truth but you know when you have the first five songs already strong you got to have some filler in there just to you know keep it moving so we got turn you out up next
1: Bye.
2: Until I hit the road
0: Was turning you out once again. I'll be hooked up with a Devonte Swing for this track. Um, the opening melody of the song and the production—it kind of comes off a bit of filler too. I don't think this is one of Devontae's stronger, you know, production tracks. But in all honesty, even on a bad day, some of Devontae's lesser stuff is better than some cats best stuff we're not gonna say no names uh a little bit Michael Jackson inspired not my favorite but yeah you know I you know I'll give him a bad track on this album and it's that's one of the weaker ones to me
1: what you think Jarrell um, I thought that this record, in the beginning, I was waiting for the song to kick in. we didn't get it into almost a little over a minute in. It sounded more like an instrumental that you probably would have heard in the background of a Sega Genesis or Super Nintendo game, and then with the bass masking part before the verse kicked in, I thought that was unnecessary, and it's a track where if I had to skip it, I wouldn't be mad if I did.:
0: All right, so we're in agreement. <laughs> Up next, see the lady.
2: so I can catch right. Come here. Mm. Come on, come on, come on, hurry up. Come on, come on inside.
0: we skipped a song so that's actually thanks for a great time last night so Drell what you think about that joint
1: the intro it reminds me of pun intended intro come inside you know that long intro at the end of that record the beginning reminds me of that and it's definitely a okay record the production I like and it's a great filler cut
0: Ah, man you know that's my
1: whole thing with um,
0: long interludes was, you know, back in the DJ days, you know, when when you were making slow mix, especially on slow cuts, when they would have those long drawn out intros before the song. And, you know, back in the day, bro, we didn't have editing software like we do now. So
1: like had yeah, to sit trying and listen to through the whole thing.
0: Yeah. And when you were trying to make, you know, we're uh, going to show our age here, uh, get the draws or, you know audio cassette you'd have to like play the cd from you know your parents thing and time it just right so intros would always bother me when i was in the song if they and like yo man just put that joint separated just you know the CD's still gonna be the same amount of time but we don't gotta have it before the song so again another filler track not to impress so let's try to go back to see the lady see if it'll play right
1: If I pay three
2: dollars and fifty cents to hear you, you have to please me.
1: This is how you know you were a big deal in the 90s when you had your own 900 number. The beginning intro was a reference to I'll Be Sure's 1-900 number, and I believe it cost exactly 350 dollars per minute and probably $2 for each additional minute. But it gave me vibes of house and reminiscent in some ways of It's Alright by Jodeci off of the Fever My Lady album. But overall, good, decent album cut, Definitely would have killed if they did like a real house mix to it and really did it big over in Europe with a house mix to this record.
0: Damn, it's on you.
1: Kyle West was in a bag on that one, man. I wonder if this track was a leftover cut. That must have been done for Tevin. But they decided, nah, this is too good. We're just going to save it for R.B. and put it on this album. I mean, Kyle West, his production, to me, doesn't really give enough credit for all the stuff that he's done. And the, the overall, if he had a good sound system, in your car. Remember the days when people used to put bass in the backseat of their car or in the trunk? It would not. So to me, a strong album cut, and you can't really go wrong with a Kyle West production.
0: Yeah, man. A nice, uh, grown Bob. You know, I don't think we were saying grown and sexy back in, uh, 92, but it's a nice little, um, groove. Something I, I think you could definitely probably play at a, um, cookout or even like a maybe a, a wine and cheese party you know if you were doing those back in 92 but yeah i agree man strong album cut so we're going to keep it moving to track 11 die for you <laughs>
2: Feel good When you love someone, just as much as they love you, it's rare, but it's possible, I love you baby, there's a fine line between stupidity and love, and it's crazy, the things love will make you do, oh, no, no, yeah. ever change uh, and i appreciate you
0: was die for you that grown man shit yo man that joint bruh ooh that's that Kyle West production takes me uh takes me back to uh man was fifth grade yeah Catholic school days man at the the dance where you had to dance you know a couple inches apart so woo, yeah that's one of them joints man if I would have heard that back in uh fifth grade man I definitely would have used that as a secret weapon track to try to max somebody back in the day uh definitely very tevin campbell inspired like the previous track as you mentioned Jarell. i think this might have been a leftover tevin campbell track it has a vibe similar to uh goodbye and maybe they thought that die for you was a bit too risque for tevin campbell to sing but very very hot album track what you think Jarell?
1: This was a cut that I think probably could have been released as maybe the fourth or fifth single had they decided to go further deep into the bag and release more singles off the album. Something you don't really hear a lot of now in today's music, duets. Very strong singer that complimented Albie's voice, and I could definitely hear this song being played at a school dance. I grew up in rural northeastern North Carolina and for our school dances we used the cafeteria. They had to scoop the tables back and the chairs and then the cafeteria floor was the dance floor. We couldn't afford a DJ so everybody would bring their cassette tapes or have the radio plant to whatever the hot radio station was at the time, but this is definitely a song that you'll use to probably show admiration for the one that you have been crushing on since kindergarten
0: yeah man and, you know let's 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 talk about how just how cool it was to grow up in the 90s going to school dances man where you're right man a lot of times you would either have a school dance in the gym or in the cafeteria i mean and i remember in my catholic school days man we would actually uh folks would just bring in tapes and you would just play them or you would just listen to the radio, but it was just so much fun. And like, it was so pure growing up in the nineties, going to dances and, you know, back then, man, you were able to juggle the songs just right. And you always ended the night with a slow jam. And that's one of the things I did as a DJ, you know, when I DJed in the air force, um, I was one of the first cats to really end the night on, you know, a slow cut. And I remember cats used to get mad at me. Not that I was playing slow cuts, but they were like, man, you got to play some kills. You got to play some, some genuine in those jeans. I'm like, yeah, no, we're not doing all that. <laughs> like my, my musical knowledge is too advanced and too strong for me to play stuff. You guys already know, like it's a lot deeper than that.
1: So, man. Right, so before we go to the next cut, I want to ask, ask you one thing. Do you think that today's generations of kids have lost the art of slow dancing?
0: I think so. Um, And because they're not really into R&B that deep like we are, which is fine, I mean, you know, because it's a different time, because I mean, for me growing up, I don't know about you, I was more into R&B anyway than hip-hop growing up. Now, hip-hop came later on, but like you know, I'm an old soul, I always have been. So I'm listening to the Whispers, to the OJs, to the Manhattans, but I'm like, you know, ten and eleven years old. So that was my music, not really hip hop early on. And my son went to his first dance this year and you know, this is this is before the COVID. So I'm driving home, you know, he hits me he hits me on the cell, and he's like, Dad, I'm bored. I'm like, well, man, go ahead and walk home. You know, if you don't want to, if you don't want to stay, you ain't got to, you don't got to stay. You can go ahead and leave, and even when you, like, um, see kids nowadays, I can remember going to prom, being in the limo, in 90, 99 was the first prom. You know, we were just chilling out. You know, we were chill, just talking, you know, being teens, but now these cats now man it's all about going live and posting selfies and just turning up inside the limos like we really didn't i know i didn't do that when i was a teenager yeah,
1: so yeah i didn't man. really do that either because i think with social media now you're not really living in the moment the moment is you throwing it on live you're not really enjoying it because i can remember back in like 93 when knocking the boots and Freak Me came out. I was eight. And the way that they had it cleverly worded, you really didn't know exactly what they were talking about. They would always give you in the window, but now everything's out in the open. So there's really no mystery into, hey, what are they talking about when they say I want to get freaky with you or good love and body rock and not conduce all night long? And another funny thing I want to mention, I was talking with my wife, and she was saying how back in her school days, she had what was called at her school a Sadie Hawkins dance. I don't know if you're familiar with the Sadie yep. Hawkins dance. Well, I had never had that at my school in growing up, but she said it was pretty much ladies' choice. And I think that's another thing that Kids don't really have, now you don't really have that sense of rejection, because I remember being crushed plenty of times when the girl I liked didn't take the Valentine's card that I would give her in class, or when I would go approach her for a dance, she would stiff on me like she was the Heisman Trophy, and I would just go sit on the wall and play it cool, but that was all about what the 90s was all about. You just enjoyed the moment, you shoot your shot, and if you got rejected, you dust yourself off and you try again. Rest in peace, Leo
0: Yeah, no doubt, man, and I mean, even taking it a step further, um, like you were saying, with uh, different emotions and all that, and it was just so just different. Like, I can recall um, my mom always knew when I had my heart broken, because I'd be playing one of two songs, either New Edition, This Is The End, or The Manhattans, Kiss and Say Goodbye. Now, if I had found somebody, I'd be playing New Edition, Candy Girl, (laughs) so you know, you can just relate to the music. And I've always been more into R&B because even when I even when I was single, I could relate to what somebody was talking about because I knew that Miss Wright was out there. And of course, you know, when you go through a heartbreak, you can feel the pain in their lyrics. So, you know, nothing like R&B, nothing like growing up in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah, Johnny,
1: Johnny Gill said it best, man. Growing up could be a pain.
0: So let's keep it moving. Track number 12. I'll never hurt you again. never hurt you again it's on you player
1: Um, it's not t- once again this track sounded like it could have been sung by Tevin Campbell it has the same elements that you probably heard on Tevin and I think vocal vocal wise Tevin would have been a better fit on this album a good album cut and definitely in the right spot for an album which is next to the last
0: Yeah, man, with this joint, uh, another Kyle production, I got a little bit of a Michael Jackson, Late in My Life type vibes. The way that he did the intro on this one with the rap beforehand was the perfect length. It wasn't overly long. So this one would probably work, you know, on a slow jam mix. So another decent track. And we're going to close it out with the last song, Papes in the End. I'll be, I'll be
2: Skins. They try to play me for my pace if they can't win. I'll always catch them in the end, so I pretend. Or even fake romance when you can't advance. If I was you, I'd break off because you don't stand a chance. No pace, you get the face, to so keep stepping before you get wrecked. It's like the microphone I'm wrecking. I know you're fire probably probably think it's scandalous, but just like high five. You want it if you First can't handle it. I'm my own pace. So therefore, you don't ever, ever have to bother the drink. And you better think again before I close the gate. Close the gate? Yeah, close the gate. White word No, that's not an episode, so you don't down, you need repair there, and you catch a bit. It's kind of whack, dear. Whack, yeah, whack. Bulls. not whack. Not how big, 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 how up, getting all the cash 1-900, I'll be, you know the rest. Getting a million calls a day and putting honeys to the test, but don't laugh, cause if you
0: pass, or make the grade. Let me tell you about another hundred. All right, that was Pape's The End, the closing album track. Featuring Gregg, produced by Three Boys from Newark. A nice little hip-hop-flavored track. Um Damn, I haven't heard that joint in a minute either. If I remember correctly, I don't think he actually sings in this song. I think he's spitting, um, rapping the entire joint. Nice closer. um, Hip-hop flavored. I think this could have been a radio friendly single, and I would have pushed this to hip-hop stations. Um, Definitely, if I was a DJ back then, I would have worked this into my sets, especially with the uh, New Jack Swing flavor vibe. So, good closer. Decent album track. Terrell, what you
1: think? Uh, For me, that would be the one track that I would um, skip. It just didn't really do it for me. It would have been a song that probably would have gotten heavy play on mix shows back in the day. And then I felt that the lyricist was good, but I felt "Money Love would have been a better fit to compliment "I'll Be" with him rhyming. But overall, a cut that just didn't really hit it for me as your closer, because for me, a closer cut should be one where it bookends the beginning of the album and the middle of the album is like your meat in a sandwich.
0: Hey, so that was uh Reviews and Done and Behind the Album Cover. Taking a look back at Sexy Verses by Mr. Albie Shore, his third studio album. And folks, I'm letting you know now, once again, that Albie actually has four albums. So he was much more than his massive success of Night and Day. Now, with this one, he actually wasn't on Uptown. It was uh, Skooks of Young, Warner Brothers. So maybe because there was no Andre Harrell influence, that could have been why it wasn't as successful. I mean, the joint did debut at number two on the top R&B hip-hop album charts and number 41 on the Billboard 200. Released in September of 92, Um, like I said earlier, I think it was just the timing of the album may have been a bit off because I'm sure Darrell can co-sign it as I said earlier. 92 was just a strong year for R&B and you had so many cats releasing albums that
1: you had to really bring your A
0: game and I think Albie just kind of got lost in the shuffle unfortunately. So right my, go ahead so my final grade for this is a uh, a solid i'm gonna say a b my top three tracks are right now natalie and i don't want to cry final grade daryl and your top three
1: all right so with my final grade for the sexy versus album i felt that coming off of the monster success of In Effect Mode three years, four years prior to this and then the In Between album with Private Times and the Whole 9 came out in 89. This album for me, it was decent. It wasn't as strong. You had some strong album cuts, but right now, Natalie, your two lead off singles off of the album really made the album what it was. And my top three cuts off of this album or uh, right now, I would go with kicking the head. And then I'm gonna give you a sleeper. I'm gonna go with playing games, the production by Devante. I felt that should have been released as a single overall. I give the sexy versus album, I give it a B plus.
0: Yeah, cool, cool. Like I said, folks, it's not a bad album. You know, you just have to actually look at this brother's catalog, and you know, Albi had his unsung. Uh, you know he's doing his thing now as a radio host with the Secret Garden show, but uh, I really don't think we put enough respect on his name, similar to his producing partner Kyle West, and for everything that he was doing in music and just the way that he uh, came out. So you know, thanks for the memories, Al. Thanks for the Dope uh, catalog. Before we close this bad boy out, Drill working fans find out social media and hey, tell us a little, tell us a little bit about your podcast beyond the album cover.
1: All right, I will definitely do that. Once again, I want to say thank you, Derek, for having me on your platform. I've been a fan of yours since you started your podcast and been wanting to do something with you. So I'm glad that we finally got the chance to do so. I'm on Facebook primarily. You can find me at Jarrell Mason, J-A-R-R-E-O-L, M-A-S-O-N. And my podcast, Beyond the Album Cover, is just a platform where I interview people inside of the music industry and just celebrate them. And it's an extension of what I was doing almost 15 years ago with The Time Machine when I was in college, which was my radio show and i have interviews still on youtube so you can just type my name on youtube you'll find my throwback interviews that i did with alan mcneil steve russell john john from troop danny wood new kids on the block brooke payne monica and tara from the girls tony terry just to name a few and also some of those interviews have been uploaded onto beyond the album cover so you can find that on most of your streaming platforms on Anchor, Breaker, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radios, wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can go to anchor.fm slash beyond the album cover. All one word. New episodes drop every Sunday at 12 midnight mountain time. So adjust that to your time zone and look for me and follow the show page and also follow my man Derek at Reviews and Done.
0: All right, folks. This has been Derek Dunn of ReviewsandDone.net. I hope you guys enjoyed us. Taking a look back at I'll Be Shores' third album, "Sexy Verses," as two grown men. Uh, check me out at reviewsanddone.net. Same handle on all social media handles. And as always, we're gonna end this with a quote, and you know we're gonna use a standard one that I like to use, which is, "Keep your head to the sky," Maurice White. Till the next time, done. Out.
1: Hey yo, check it out, this is the Wild Cowboy with a lot of style, boy, one of one, untraceable. Punks jump up to get beat down, slow down. And yo, I want y'all to check out this podcast, yo. Y'all been listening to Reviews and Done with your host, Derek Dunn. Be sure to check out ReviewsandDone.net. Understand that, ReviewsandDone, that's D-U-N-N.net, word up. It's a good combination, dot X and done. What's messing with that, peoples?